NASA approves new helio study missions. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Nikki Fox, Heliophysics Division Director for the Science Mission Directorate at NASA. Welcome back, Nikki. Hi, how are you? I am good. Welcome back. Like I said, um, what are some of the current missions that fall under your uh, purview today? Well, so we've actually got some exciting news. Uh, we just selected four new missions to uh, to join our portfolio. We selected them in December. And so I'm, I'm excited to tell you about those. Uh, two of them are actually going to ride along with our IMAP mission. So IMAP is one of our strategic missions and it's gonna go out to the L1 point, which is at about a million miles away from the earth towards the sun. And it's a very stable point. And actually that's where um, ACE and SOHO have been for a long time providing that eyes on the eyes on the sun and telling us what's coming towards us here at earth. So IMAP is gonna go and sit in that location or orbit in that location. And so they will have a suite that is looking at everything coming from the sun in the solar wind as it streams past IMAP. But as well as that, they're gonna have a special suite of instruments that's gonna look all the way to the very edge of our heliosphere. So the edge of where the sun's influence stops and we get into interstellar space. And they're going to kind of provide sort of remote sensing, imaging, and looking at how that fragile boundary between our sun and interstellar space, how that is changing all the time. And so it's a very unique mission. We're very excited about IMAP. It's gonna launch in 2025. But along with IMAP, we're going to put an ESPA ring on, which is like an adapter ring that is going to take four other missions out to the L1 point. One of them was actually a, the space weather follow-on, and that's a NOAA mission, and that's going to provide the real-time forecasting of what's in the solar wind. Um, and then along with that, we also have Lunar Trailblazer. That's going to be a, a obviously a lunar mission. Um, and then our two Helio missions, uh, that are Glide and Solar Cruiser. And so Solar Cruiser is a technology demonstration mission. So it's a little bit different to what we normally do. It isn't a pure science mission. It's going to actually do a demonstration of a solar sail. And it's gonna fly the largest solar sail. Um, it's about 1700 meters squared. It's a very, very big solar sail that will open and that, that will start to open a whole new area of, of um, or rather enable new science for us because with solar sails, you can start to lift things out of the ecliptic so they can sort of start to get up towards where we wanna go, which is really over the poles of the sun. Or you can also use them to get closer to the sun than this stable point. And obviously the closer you get to the sun, the earlier you get forewarning of what's coming towards us here at earth. And so that's a really exciting um, demonstration of this technology. And the other one is called Glide. And that is looking at the Earth's exosphere. And so that's really the, the very outer um, layer of the Earth's atmosphere. So the particles there are still bound, they're still gravitationally held to the Earth's atmosphere, but it's incredibly dense, uh, sorry, incredibly sparse plasma, uh, not dense at all, mostly hydrogen and helium. Um, and we've only ever had four images of the Earth's exosphere taken before from outside um, the Earth's atmosphere. And so this mission for the very first time is gonna provide high resolution looks at what our very outer layer. So it, that's where Earth's atmosphere stops and space starts. And we're gonna be able to look at how that atmosphere changes 
in response to things coming um, from the solar wind and things that are coming happening in our magnetosphere. So really excited about those two missions. And, and again, having them launch with IMAP is just providing us more science for less money because we're only paying for one of the launch costs. So that's two of them. And then the other two missions that uh, we just selected are EUVST, which is a bit of a mouthful, um, but it's, it's, stand, it's, it's a solar telescope. It's an extreme ultraviolet uh, solar telescope. And that is a partnership between NASA and the Japanese um, space agency, JAXA, to do the next generation solar mission. And it's called Solar C. Uh, solar A is now better known as Yoko. Solar B is better known now as Hinode. And this is Solar C. And so this is going to be the third in that line. Um, we're really super excited about this. It's going to provide totally new, unprecedented um, images and measurements of the solar atmosphere where we're kind of fueling all of the space weather before it comes out and hits us here at Earth. And the last one is called EASY, and that is three CubeSats that are going to orbit around and really focus in on the current systems that are inside the Earth's aurora. Um, we, you know, we tend to think of the aurora as kind of one big oval that, that moves um, and breathes in and out as the storms are occurring, but there, there's incredible discrete structure inside that aurora. And so we're really gonna be almost putting a microscope on those small current structures to really see how important they are in fueling the aurora. Cause the aurora of course is um, a big current system overhead and can cause all kinds of space weather impacts including power grid failures. So lots of very important measurements that we're bringing in to further space weather. Incredibly important. In fact, so I have to ask, will we be able to see the solar sail from Earth, maybe perhaps with a telescope? No, it'll be too far away to actually see it. But um, they do have a, a student um, instrument as part of their proposal is to actually fly a camera that can look up as the solar sail is unraveling. So we're very, uh, again, it's a really nice one. It's a nice partnership. Um, I love student collaboration, um, love giving opportunities for our early career students to, to really get hands-on experience of space and space hardware. It's, so, it's such a critical element, um, but also to be able to take pictures of, of this solar sail um, up in, uh, in the sky, be wonderful. All of these missions, um, as you've described, will, will provide knowledge and understanding important to our everyday lives here on earth. Explain how we will all benefit. So really, you benefit from just getting more knowledge about how our Earth is responding to what's coming from the solar wind. There's no way we can change what the sun is doing. It's a giant star. We know it's very variable and we know it is continually, uh, the atmosphere is continually expanding. We call that the corona. Um, but we also see all of these transient events in the sun. And so we can't stop those transient events from happening. But what you can do is better forecast what's going to happen and then know how to respond. So how to protect yourself. You know, we, you, you um, would listen to the weather before you were going on a trip, find out what kind of clothes you need to pack. If you need to take an umbrella, if you need to take extra sunscreen, you plan for those ahead of time. And so what we are doing with our space weather forecasting with a, a, a really great partnership with NOAA is better enabling um, the, the predictions and the forecasting of what's happening. And so what we're doing at NASA is we're really doing all of the science breakthroughs that are just better explaining these phenomena and then we'll make transformational improvements in our uh, predicting capability. 
you're also planning for the next decade and beyond. In fact, can you give us a preview of Helio 2050? Absolutely, yeah. So, so uh, after the sort of breath, um, breathtaking performance, I think that we've done in, in 2020, we've had a great year with all of these new missions. We've talked about some of the other ones and previous visits I've had with you of, um, you know, launching Solar Orbiter, getting the first light images, Parker Solar Pro blazing a trail through the sun's corona. We picked five missions for further study um, to, to go onto our medium class and then all these new missions that I just talked about. So we've had an incredible year to date and we're now looking forward to what do we wanna do kind of in the next decade. And so we work with the National Academy of Sciences and they um, give us a decadal survey. So once every 10 years, they look at kind of the state of the field and then give you almost a, a roadmap, if you like, of what, what kind of things you should be doing for the next decade. And so the last time they did that for us uh, was 2013. And so we are closing in rapidly on the 2023, which is the end of our current decade. And so we are starting um, in earnest now uh, preparation for that next decadal survey. And so we have a, a workshop, a community workshop that's called Helio 2050, as you said, that is May um, 3rd through 5th. It is all virtual, um, but we are really encouraging full participation from anyone with an interest in heliophysics, um, particularly as it's virtual, it's kind of easy to join. You don't even have to travel. Um, looking very much to our early career people, as I, when I, I talk to them, I say, you know, the, the next decadal survey, I'm, I'm, that's probably for me, but the one after that is yours. And so you need to be part of the community that's really dictating what the big science questions and what the really interesting things are that we want to find out about our, our kind of heliosphere um, system. So all the way from the sun, all the way to the edge of the heliosphere, everything in between. What are those really big questions? So, you know, you, you want to have questions that maybe it's going to take you many decades to answer. If you think of Parker Solar Probe, that science was first, uh, those questions were first sort of put into writing, if you like, in um, 1958. And so sometimes these things take a long time. If they're really, really great science goals, they can take a long time. And so then we break it up into what kind of technology improvements do you need to make along the way until you can actually fly these missions. So I uh, really encourage anyone um, that's interested in the future of heliophysics and the future direction of heliophysics to, uh, to sign in and, and join us for Helio 2050. Dr. Nicola Fox, Heliophysics Division Director for the Science Mission Directorate at NASA. If somebody wants to connect with you, Nikki, maybe they want to find out more about um, all of these new missions, how can they do that? So certainly nasa.gov has all the latest news for anything NASA. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at NASA Sun, on Facebook at NASA Sun Science, and you can also follow me on Twitter at SolarGirl2018. Sounds good, SolarGirl. And find more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify, or at TanyaHall.net. Thanks for watching.